Welcome. Hey, my name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody to church today. I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online right now. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. I want to say a special welcome to our watch party in Amarillo, Texas with Rowdy and Kathy. Hey, thank you guys so much for watching this morning and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Church, all right, we are wrapping up a series uh, called uh, God's Greatest Awaits, Fast 22. Come on, uh, are you guys ready for a cheeseburger? Come on, somebody. Hey, I just want to warn you, be careful, okay? Do not go to the Old Country Buffet today and eat everything, okay? Just want to warn you, uh, ease yourself uh, and back off the fast. Um, man. What an amazing uh, fast it, it, it's been. Um, I just want to give you guys a heads up. We're going to be talking about spiritual warfare today. And when Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, when did Satan come to him? Satan came to him, not during the middle of his fast, right? He came to him at the end of his fast. And so, man, we're ending a fast, right? And so, man, Satan is going to attack us the most after the fast, right? And so I just want to give you guys a heads up, right? Satan is attacking. And so those of you that are new to Passionate Life Church, uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to welcome you into the, to the living room today. Many of you guys are on <clears throat> the, our email list and you saw all the updates that are happening um, and if you're not on our email list, you need to get on our email list, okay? Um, and so this is the year of challenge, right? That was the word for our church. Now, one of the things that you have to know is that word's not just for you, okay? It's also for your pastor too, okay? And, and the big part of the year of challenge is making a special effort, okay? Making a special effort. And so, uh, man, we've got some transitions happening in kids' church, and also in youth, okay? And so let's talk about Kids Church first um, and why you're not going to be seeing Pastor Dawn for a while. Uh, Pastor Dawn's usually in the lobby and doing the, the prayer transition. She's going to be back in our Kids Church. Come on, loving on our kids. Uh, man, she... Listen... And, and, and she's going to be building up leaders, man, and, and she just wants to uh, protect the culture uh, that is happening there and, and just raising up and discipling leaders. And so uh, maybe you've been on the fence whether or not you want to serve in, in kids' ministry. I want to encourage you, come on, jump in. I know we've got like 30 people going through growth track this week. We had 17 go through growth track a couple weeks ago. Come on, you guys are hungry. Man, you guys are ready to serve. Uh, and, and, and so uh, I just want to encourage you um, during this time, and if you're on the fence, man, jump in. It's going to be awesome. Uh, man, we, we just want to, uh, man, create an environment where you feel loved, where the kids feel loved and accepted, and where our leaders feel really supported, because we love our leaders, okay? We love the people that volunteer and serve in there, and we just want to protect your hearts and, and continue the work that God is doing in there. <clears throat> now, I know that there's some kids that you went in there and what, for whatever reason, you didn't like it or something happened. Um, listen, parents, I need you to encourage your kids to give us one more chance, okay? 
man, Pastor Dawn's going to be in there. She is going to make sure that every child is loved and, and, and feels like they belong. And so I just want to encourage you that in that, okay? All right? The second thing is, is our youth. Uh, man, we just want to, again, I want to just make sure that our, our youth leaders are, are, are supported and, and protected. And so your pastor is going to be stepping in uh, to youth every Thursdays. Uh, I'm going to be stepping into that leadership role and, and just discipling. Come on. <clears throat> discipling and onboarding um, our youth leaders, but also uh, making some changes. And you're not going to see the changes right away, but we will be making some changes in there because I know that there's some students in this room that don't go to youth, okay? And that really hurts my heart as your pastor, okay? And so I just want you to know that I'm going to be in there, and I want you to give it another try, okay? I, this this youth group is for you too, okay? And so we're just going to be making some, some transitions, and, and it's going to be good. It's still going to be, uh, man, it's going to be fun. Uh, it, it's going to be a place where you feel like you can belong. It's going to be a place where you can bring your unsaved friends, and they're going to feel loved and accepted and belonging. But it's also going to be a place where discipleship is happening, and you are growing into all the things that God has in store for you. Um, and as your pastor, I want to uh, create a bridge between the parents and 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 our students, okay? And so we're going to be having a, a parent uh, meeting for our youth kids very, very soon um, because as your pastor, I want you to be involved uh, in discipling your kids. I want you to know uh, what we're going to be teaching them and what we're going to be discipling in them. And so you can be having these conversations with your, your students, okay? Um, listen, I just want you to know my pastor calls me uh, the guy that has grace and grit, right? I got grace for people, but I'm also the pastor that will roll up his sleeves and get in there um, and get work done, okay? And so that's just the season that we're in right now. Um, we just want to protect everything that God is doing. God is doing uh, great things in, in kids and youth. And so we just want to continue the momentum and just make it even better. Amen? Come on, somebody. Amen. Are you ready for a word today? Come on. We're going to be talking about spiritual warfare today because, man, Satan's strongest attacks came after Jesus was done fasting. And so I want us to be prepared uh, for this next season that we're stepping into as a church. All right? Come on, let's pray, and then we'll get into God's word today. Father, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, this is your moment. We bind and rebuke Satan away from our hearts and our minds right now. We bind and rebuke the father of lies away from our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, we pray your truth right now in our hearts and our minds. God, Father, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you've done these last 21 days, God. But we know that this is just the beginning, God of what you have in store for our lives. Holy Spirit, we just want to uh, say a special prayer for uh, our friends in the Ukraine, God, especially the orphanages there that we support, God. We just pray protection over them right now during this, this season of, of unsettlement, God. I just pray for all the Christians that are there, God, that you'd give them strength, supernatural strength, God, to continue on spreading the gospel, give them supernatural protection during this season of unrest right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'd help me get out of the way, all of you and none of me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Um, man, we're going to be talking about uh, Abram this, this morning, and we're really going to be uh, talking uh, about uh, getting in and staying in the greatest that God has for our lives, right? If you heard my devotional yesterday, man, it, 
we can do 20, we can do, man, anything for three weeks, right? But it's keeping that momentum that God has, man, God, we got, we got momentum as a church, but we also have like individual momentum and we want to continue that momentum. And so it's about getting in and staying in the greatest of God. All right, Genesis 12, one through two. Come on, let's read it. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Let's continue. I will bless those who bless you, and I, whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Okay, some of you today think that you're too old for God to do anything great in your life. Listen, the greatest thing that ever happened to Abram didn't happen until he was 75. Like, God didn't start using Abram in a great way until he's 75. Some of you, listen to me, you're in your 70s, God is just getting started with your life. He's not finished with you yet. Come on. And so today, I got five points. I got five ways to get in and stay in the greatest that God has for us. And we're also going to be talking about, you see, Satan has a counter for every blessing that God wants to give us, okay? Satan is trying to kill, steal, and destroy every blessing that God is trying to, to give us, right? Like, man, Satan isn't just giving up on our life just because we went through 21 days of prayer and fasting. Actually, he's ticked off that, that we just went through a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting, okay? And so we need to understand that there are counter uh, that there are counterattacks that Satan brings us, but man, there are promises and blessing, okay, that God has given us that will keep away these demonic spirits, okay? All right, number one, the first thing. To get it and stay in the greatest of God is obey. It was Abram's obedience that allowed him to experience God's greatest. It was his obedience that allowed him to get in to the greatest that God had in store, okay? And so here's the counter, okay? Here's Satan's counter for obedience. Satan's counter for obedience is rebellion and stubbornness. Rebellion and stubbornness. Satan is constantly trying to get us to rebel. Satan is constantly trying to get us to, to harden our heart and to be stubborn. Now, some of you think that rebellion and stubbornness is funny, okay? Oh, I'm just stubborn. That's just who I am. And the Rebellion and stubbornness is a serious issue to God. It, it literally, the, the whole point, man, when Satan is bringing stubbornness and rebellion into our heart and our mind, he's trying to get us away from obeying God's word. He's trying to break us away from the blessing that obedience gives us. So, some of you are like that Shetland pony. You know what I'm talking about. You try to put the saddle on the, the Shetland pony, and the pony's like, no, you're not putting that saddle on me. Uh-uh. 
No, 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 no. This is, and this is how you are with, 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 with godly authority that he's placed in your life. You can't tell me anything. I hear from the Lord, and so you can't do that to me, right? Guys, you're going to see this in a minute, how destructive rebellion and stubbornness is. And the reason why Abram was blessed, okay, and God allowed him to step into his greatest is because Abraham went. Three words. So Abram went. That was a big deal, okay, to leave daddy's house, okay, especially during this time, right? He could have just stayed at home, lived with daddy. Dad dad was rich, right? Dad was wealthy. Uh, But instead, Abram's like, no, God's got more for my life. And so I'm going to obey even when it doesn't make sense. Now, I'm going to read a story this morning, and obedience is important, but the right obedience and the right time is also really important. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago about the will of God, and, and so many people just make up the will of God for their life thinking that, okay, I think this is what God wants me to do, and the reality is it's not, right? It's not. Okay, and so let me give you some context into this passage in 1 Samuel. Uh, basically, the Lord says to Saul, who is the king of Israel, he's like, look, I'm going to give you a great victory over the uh, Amalek army, okay? I'm going to give you the victory over them, but here's the thing. This is what I need you to do. I need you to wipe out everybody, okay? Everything. I need you to destroy it all, okay? Women, children, horses, you know, cattle, everything. I need you to destroy it all. Okay, and so let's pick up the story here in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 15, 21 through 22. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Okay, and so this is what Saul is telling Samuel. He's like, no, 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 I saved all the best things so we can sacrifice them to the Lord. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifice or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Obedience is about submitting to God's word. Obedience is about submitting to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I mean, let's, let's, let's continue and then we'll, we'll break it down. Rebellion, look, 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 look at this. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as So basically, what Samuel is saying to Saul, he's not saying that you shouldn't sacrifice, okay? Because here's the truth. Obedience always leads to sacrifice, okay? But it's the right sacrifice, okay? Obedience always leads to sacrifice. It's just the right sacrifice, okay? Think about this. Think about this. If you went and robbed a bank, okay? And you stole $100,000. And you took $10,000 of that and tithed it to the church. 
doesn't make what you did in robbing the bank okay. Right, like this is basically what Saul does. Saul's like, no, I saved all the best. And he saves, he's like, he doesn't kill the king either. He's like, no, I saved all the best. And so this is what Saul's thinking. I don't want to sacrifice my own stuff. I'll just sacrifice somebody else's stuff. Which doesn't really make it a sacrifice, right? You tithing on the $100,000 that you stole really doesn't make what you did right, okay? And so obedience is absolutely important. Submitting to God's word and what God is doing is important. But know that obedience always leads to sacrifice. It just will be the right sacrifice, okay? And so how do we keep this spirit of rebellion, this spirit of stubbornness away? Man, we obey the word of God. Man, we obey the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, point number two. Generosity. Generosity. God knew that Abram would be a good steward and be a blessing. When we give, when we, give we keep away the spirit of greed and selfishness. So when we give 10%, when we tithe, right, our, our finances to, to God's house, to, to the storehouse, it's more than just uh, about giving, right? It, it, it's, a, it's about keeping the spirit of greed and selfishness away. Most children, the, the first two words that they learn is no, right? No. And mine. 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 Right? And we have to teach our children how to share right? We have to teach our children how to share. Why? Because we're born into this, this sinfulness. We're born into this sinful world, right? And, and we're just self-preservation. And, and man, just uh, this world that we live in is greedy and selfish, right? And the way to break that demonic spirit off of our money and off of our lives and off of our finances is when we're generous and when we give. Man, we've got to break that spirit of greed. We've got to break that spirit of selfishness. And how we do that, we do that by being generous. We're generous with our finances. We're generous with our time. We're generous with our grace. We're generous with our mercy, right? It's, it's the whole package to break the spirit of greed and selfishness that Satan is trying to bring on our life. If we want to stay in the greatness, the greatest that God has for us, we've got to be generous. We've got to be generous. We've got to give. All right, number three, number three. Fasting, come on. We just did it for 21 days. Fasting specifically breaks the spirit of lust over our lives. And this is why fasting shouldn't just be one time a year. Some of you are getting nervous. You're like, Pastor... You're calling for a 40-day fast? Come on. No, I'm not doing that, okay? But fasting should be part of your regular spiritual journey with Jesus, okay? Listen, you don't have to fast for 21 days. You can fast for one day, okay? Where, where you're just, you know, taking a day aside, whether you're just going to fast social media for a day, you're going to, you know, fast meat, and, and, and you're just... 
you know, maybe you just take, you know, drink juice for the day. But, man, you can fast on a regular basis, and, and, and actually we should, right? So many of you have felt so good during these 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. And specifically, the spirit, man, the spirit of lust is broken when we fast. And, and, and man, I know many of you have had amazing breakthroughs during these 21 days of prayer and fasting because it specifically fights the spirit of lust over our lives. 1 John 2.16 says this. For everything in the world, like that's a pretty big statement, right? Like everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. We are constantly bombarded by the lust of the flesh, by the lust of, of the eyes, and the pride of life. We turn the TV on, boom, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. We, 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 we looking on the internet, boom, you know, an advertisement comes up, boom. Like, like Satan, I mean, this is Satan's goal, is that we would give in to the, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes because it literally is everywhere. And to break that spirit, look, to break that powerful spirit that is all around us, guys, we got to fast. Every Monday, every Monday, my grandmother has been fasting and praying for her kids, her grandkids, and her great-grandkids for over the last 50 years. And it's one of the reasons why I try my best to start my sermon prep on Mondays, because I know Grandma is fasting and praying for me. And, and man, guys, we got to make this part of just our, our spiritual discipline, because it's so important. When we fast, it breaks the spirit of lust. And John is saying, man, everything in this world is really wrapped up in that, that word called lust. And listen, I know a lot of times it's associated with another person. You're, you're lusting after another person. But man, you can lust after anything. You, you can lust after somebody's car. You can lust after somebody's house. You, you can lust after someone's job. You can lust after someone's bank account. Like, like man, it's, it's, it's everywhere. And so, man, we, we have to, on a regular basis, fast because it specifically breaks that spirit of lust. Okay, number four, number four. We want to stay in or get in the greatest of God. We need to pray. Praying keeps the spirit of pride away. When we pray, it is saying to God, I need your help. I'm relying on you. I am weak, and I need your strength. We've talked about, I think last week we talked about shutting the door, getting away by ourselves, getting in a quiet place with, with God, right, and, and, and removing distractions. And distractions are a big part of, uh, of why some of us struggle with a prayer life. We're just not prior, prioritizing our time with the Lord. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, the other thing that, that stops us from praying is the spirit of pride. Because the spirit of pride says, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Lord, I, I can handle this one. You, you, can, you can take a seat, right? And it's this spirit of pride of just like, no, 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 no. I can do it on my own. I, I can do it on my own strength. When that happens, Proverbs 16, 18 says this. Pride goes 
before destruction. It was literally the sin of pride that got Satan kicked out of heaven. Jesus tells us that Satan is a destroyer. He's seeking to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. He wants to destroy this church. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your kids. He wants to destroy your finances. Like Satan is a destroyer. And to be able to break the spirit of pride, which is nasty, we have to have a prayer life. We have to have a regular time that we're praying and communicating with God. Because when we pray, it breaks the spirit of pride off of our life. A haughty spirit before a fall. A haughty spirit is someone um, who has this sense of grandeur, okay? Uh, uh, just like, like a lot of arrogance. They, they just walk around with a lot of arrogance. You ever been around someone who's just really arrogant, right? It's just Blah. You know, it's like, ugh. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, this person. Right? They just, they just have this sense of grandeur about themselves that, that they're just like, you know, I'm awesome. And, and it's just, it's gross to be around them, right? And they just have this, this haughty spirit around them. And literally the translation of the fall, like when someone is just, man, puts a lot of trust in themselves, self-absorbed, they literally face plant. That's the literal translation of that. Man, when, when, when you're filled with pride and arrogance and just this sense of, of grandeur, you will face plant. You ever watch uh, Funniest Home Videos? Come on, some of the best videos, right, are the ones where people are face planting. Right? Someone's like, you know, someone's like riding a goat cart, right? And the goat cart goes out of control and they fall out of it and they hit the side of a, you know, above ground swimming pool and they face plant and you're just like, whoa. They're riding their bike, right? They fall over, boom, face plant. Like, like this is what happens when we allow pride in our hearts and we don't pray, we don't go to God with our issues, right? We, we end up face planting. Listen, this is what happens when we don't give God our weaknesses. We say, no, God, I, I, I can handle it. Listen to me. I did drugs for seven years of my life, okay? I was not strong enough on my own to beat it, to stop it. And it was when I went to the Lord in prayer. He removed that desire from me supernaturally because I went to the Lord and I said, God, man, I am weak in this area. And what's the promise when, when, we, when we bring our weaknesses to God? He will be strong. And when we break this pride and we go to the Lord, no matter what you're going through today, you can go before the Lord and petition before the Lord and he will hear our prayers and that spirit of pride will be broken. Amen? Last one. Last one to uh, how we can get in and stay in to the greatest of God. Number five, repentance. Number five is repentance. Repentance keeps the spirit of condemnation and shame away. Satan is constantly trying to get us to harden our hearts to the things of God, that we would harden our hearts to God's love, his wisdom, and his sacrifice. 
Satan wants us to stay in our shame. He wants us to stay in this, this state of condemnation. He, he doesn't want us to experience God's love, God's wisdom, and his sacrifice. You see, there's, there's this English definition of repentance that, that uh, talks about feeling remorse and, and, and gross uh, about your sin. And it's alluding to you have to do it, right? Like, like it, it, it's about you, like, okay, you doing it. And repentance is about, isn't about us doing it. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit to do it. Because biblical repentance is this. It's not about your emotions. It's not about your sin. It's not about your efforts or your resolve. It's about surrender. It's about getting to a place with the Lord where you are ready to surrender it all. That's what repentance is about. And Satan wants us to, to stay in our shame, in our condemnation. In the, and, and the Holy Spirit wants that to transition to conviction and wanting to change the way we think, act, and live. That's true repentance. And repentance isn't just a one-time thing. Repentance is a daily thing. Because we, we all sin. We, we all have thoughts that come into our minds that, that are not holy, and we need to take those thoughts captive. And, and that's what repentance does. Repentance, man, allows us to experience the love of God. Repentance isn't about us feeling regret or shame or, or how horrible of a person we are or were. Man, it's about stepping into this new life that God has in store for us and leaving the past behind and surrendering it all. Some of you today, you need to put the white flag up. You need to put your hands up. Say, God, I surrender all. God, I surrender my marriage to you. God, I surrender my career to you. God, I struggle my addiction. I, I surrender my addiction to you. God, I su surrender my thoughts to you. Because this is what repentance is about. And God's got great things in store for our life. Great things for this year. Great things for your marriage. Great things for your family. Great things for our finances. But we got to start with surrendering it all. It's really difficult to experience all that God has in store for us when we're holding on to a bunch of baggage. Jesus wants to strip all of that away. Man, all of your, your past regrets, all of your past pain. God wants you to experience his love and grace in a new way today. Come on.
Let's get into the greatest that God has in store for us. Come on, let's stay in to the greatest that God has in store for us. Come on, let's submit to the word of God. Come on, let's obey the word of God like never before. And let's surrender all to him. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you would say today, Pastor, I've never surrendered to Jesus. And I need to today. Or maybe some of you today, you've, man, if you're honest, you've been going 50% or 60%. You've never surrendered at all. And you're, you're holding on to, to past brokenness. You're, you're holding on to, to divorce. You're holding on to your, your past addictions. You're holding on to, to past regret. Jesus wants to take it all today. If you will give it to him, he will take it all if you're willing to give. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to surrender it all to Jesus today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You can put your hand down. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask this morning that we would help those making the greatest decision of their life today is to repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I surrender it all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.